Go. Hello, 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 everyone. We are back to the A to A show. This is your host, Felipe Segura, your other host. Henry Mazariegos. And Joey Frittle. And we are back. Guys, it's been a while. We went down to Argentina from following up from our last podcast. You know, we were talking about us going down to Argentina, how excited we were for it, all of our plans. Well, now we've been down to Argentina and now we got stories to tell you guys and really exciting news about all the different sides of the podcast. So the first leg of the trip was in Patagonia and we were there with Crescer Basket with Nick and his friends who were helping out. And that was my first time doing the Crescer Basket. I don't know if you've ever done it, Felipe. Yeah, well, I mean, the program actually began with Crescer Basket, like, right? Because A to A was kind of different, right? Because that was me, you, Henry, Christian originally, then Joey joining. And we weren't doing more basketball-focused things, right? Because, I mean, I'd played basketball, but it wasn't, like, a part of my identity like it was for my brother, right? So when we were originally going down, it was more education-focused, you know, handing out clothing, working on infrastructure projects for communities right but it wasn't the but the first time we went was basketball um so i was there from the from the very beginning the the og you know yeah. projects as it was and yeah but i hadn't i hadn't been down for chris air basket in five six years so it was great to kind of be a part of that side of the of the charity and like right we're integrating Crescer Basket more and more with the educational component. So it was it was really important, I think, for all of us to kind of be together. And it was so exciting to see, especially what's going down in Patagonia, because we hadn't been educationally down in those communities as much um, from that side, or at least the 8A team. So we're really excited also to kind of like show you guys the content from the education side on like Instagram and those things. but. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was great. Yeah, what did you think, Henry? Yeah, I, I really liked us being down there with them. I, there was a really sense of camaraderie amongst the foundation, meeting all the people who are, you know, doing the day-to-day -day tasks down there, Sophia, Jorge. Um, it was really great. And I don't know, Joey, what, what, what did you think? No, yeah, it was great just seeing just how many people are a part of it with the kids. Like, we'd have clinic after clinic. We ran, like, five clinics a day. And they were all full of kids wanting to play basketball, wanting to be there, just hungry to learn. And just seeing how many people are getting impacted by this is great and something I look forward to working with Crestair Basket more in the future. Yeah, there was definitely an eagerness there that they they really appreciated us taking the time to be with them. And mm -hmm. we appreciated them coming out and being, you know, we never had a single problem yeah. with any of the kids. And I'm, I'm sure a lot of people who have worked with children, maybe at summer camps and stuff, you know, that it can be difficult, but there was none of that there. They were all there to learn. And they're, I was super appreciative of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, no. The, and, and for me, what was so impactful, and I know we talk about this a lot in the podcast is kind of the side of like basketball is a great way to like enter into a community, right? Like you go into a community and you tell children, well, we're gonna sit you down and do homework. Like when I was growing up, like my parents kind of really had to force me to, to do homework. It's probably the same with you guys and mm -hmm. things like that, right? Yep. Like education is boring, but the most effective, right? But all you wanna do is play sports. And it's the same with these kids. And like 
you know, we're throwing clinics up, you know, emergency clinics, last second clinics where, you know, Jorge, our local representative there, down there is, is telling us, oh, this clinic wants to, to put us in. They got another hundred kids. You know, hundred kids just show up out of nowhere and just so excited. Everyone's hearing about us in the town. I mean, it is this kind of incredible experience and, and everyone down there was so welcoming, mm -hmm. uh, especially in San Martin, de los Andes. And so, yeah, that was, that was awesome. Yeah. And like the, the club nature, each place had like a basketball club and I guess they play each other. I thought that was really cool. Cause amongst the kids, they had their own pride. Oh, we're this team or our rivals, the other guys. And the, well, we were, we were working with a lot of them. So we got to know, um, the different teams and, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, and, and, and so you know, one of the, the programs that Chris Hare has down there, um, for those of you who might not know, is we, we made a school of referees. So essentially a big issue with having these basketball programs down in uh, Patagonia is the distances are massive. I mean, you have to think of when you're down in Patagonia, if you're in the U.S., I guess it's like Colorado in a sense, right? Like you're going through mountains like – and it's a big country, right? So their big issue was every time that you had to have a basketball game, you had to send a referee from the capital of Nelken or in Rio Negro. They would have to drive all the way out to some local community to, to be the ref of a game. And then you, the community or the state had to pay for the ride of the referee, had to pay for their hotel. Sometimes it was too late for them to go back. And so it caused massive expense that the state wasn't willing to pay. And so like a lot of these kids couldn't play basketball or like a lot of the games in between clubs wouldn't occur in the more rural areas. Since we are in a more city area, like, you know, San Martin's a town, it's got a few clubs. It wasn't that hard to, for those local communities to play, but in, in, in some of these places in Nauken. And so, you know, we set up kind of a school where referees would go down and teach the local people there how to become referees. They get their own jobs, these local, people that don't have jobs and it cuts down all the costs and there are more basketball games being played. So it's a pretty awesome program that, you know, we got to, to witness, hear about and see. So, yeah. Yeah. And I'm really excited to add the educational character building aspect to it because as many people know, character formation in sports is a big thing and it's a perfect segue into that because not only are you learning and hearing it, but you're putting it into effect immediately when you're on the court playing other people, you know? Yeah. And, and I think that's, that's, that's a great way to put it. And, and I, I guess maybe I'm foreshadowing a little too early or, or whatnot, but we do plan on um, some of us from the Chris Hare basket and a to a team plan on going directly down to another lo locality down in Patagonia. Um, it's a school for children in wheelchairs. And so we're kind of looking to put the educational component in this very rural town all the way out in the mountains. Um, so yeah, that's, that's going to be one of our first big steps as A to A down there. Mm -hmm. And so that was awesome to see all those, all those things coming together. Yeah. Yeah. And mm -hmm. yeah. And one, another thing that really stood out to me was how, uh, the foundation was able to bus out kids from really poor areas to come to the other clubs and have that ability to play against them. Because even if, yeah, they set up the games and schedule them, but then there's still that issue that they're, they might not have the resources to bring the team to play an away game or something because, you know, you can't have one team traveling everywhere. As a tournament works, every team has to go play home and away games. And I thought that was a really good opportunity, not only for the kids 
to be able to play, but also to, you know, see other parts that of where they're from that they might not have been able to see otherwise. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think one thing that was like very impactful about basketball, the way you see it is like, everyone thinks of Argentina as soccer. And so, you know, you get the question every once in a while, like, well, why can't you just work on top of soccer? Right. But soccer there, and, and, and the way I like to answer it is, it depends on what your objective is. If your objective is to make someone become a professional soccer player and break out of poverty like two kids in a whole province, then sure, we should be doing soccer. But our goal is to bring kids in through basketball and then add education, character building. So we bring a whole community out of poverty. And so I think basketball is also very special in that regard. Like only five people are on the court at once. Like you have a big responsibility, soccer sometimes, you know, it's 11 people, 11 v 11. It's not as, it's not as team centric or mm -hmm. well, I mean, very team centric, right? But like, you're not always on the spot. Yeah, yeah. Basketball, I mean, it's what, 90 feet? It's the length of the court. Like you all got to work together. And so that's, that's something that like, I just saw when I was down there and I mm -hmm. thought was, was, was really special. Yeah. And I think basketball is a great separator because many people in Argentina are going the soccer route. It's very accessible. Like you drive by so many soccer fields while you're going down there, but basketball, you actually have to want that when down there, it's not as ubiquitous. So you actually have to want to play. And when you're there on the basketball court, getting the ability to play, you're giving it your all because like it's not as accessible as just going to the soccer field. So I think that's a really good separator for it. These kids actually love the sport they're doing. They're not forced. They have to choose to play basketball because it's not in like in America where you can just walk on a pickup court and play. Yeah, I thought that was a really good point that the, like, I guess the spotlight is on soccer, obviously. So even like there are a lot of charitable organizations who do work with soccer, but there's not going to basketball. And one thing we talked about was like, we can get these kids new club jerseys. And a big thing that we also saw was shoes. A lot of these kids have one pair of shoes. Some of them, even none, they were playing barefoot. Yeah, and some don't even play. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. they don't have shoes. Yeah. I and mean, so, that's crazy. Yeah. And so if you can... As like I, I don't really like using the phrase leveling the playing field, but it kind of does. It opens the door for a lot of people to who might have had those you know little restraints from entering the sport, and you know they might love it, and then that's something that they can like kind of base a lot of their life around and give them structure. Yeah. So, all right. So now, so now we explained a little bit what we were doing in Patagonia. You know, in the meantime, in between, you know, we were eating lots of Milanesa, mm -hmm. empanadas, mm -hmm. there was snowing everywhere, yeah. which is a bit of a shock. You know, we're in D.C. in the summer. It's August, unbearably hot. You go over and you're in the cold. Everyone's, you know, getting some type of cold or whatnot, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, now now we move to San Juan. It's been we'll also reveal some of the details of our travel, of like kind of the crazy routes and like all the, the flights to get around. Right. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. and, 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 I, and I think, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll put it on the social media and everything, but it, I mean, it was pretty crazy. Um, but then we arrive in San Juan. It's a little bit warmer, kind of the context. This is kind of our home base, if you want to say, right. Um, we arrived there uh, and we now had a few things we wanted to do. Right. First of all, you know, check on the programs, have some exposure with the kids, get that video content, right? For the, the folks here in the United States and, 
and actually, honestly, the rest of the world, right, to see it. Uh, but we also went down to sign what we call a convenio, an agreement with the district of Rousen. Um, so it's kind of our way of building up, you know, the governmental ladders inside Argentina, right, uh, to essentially have this type of agreement where they will partner with us in our initiatives, which is a huge help. And, and uh, you know, Rousen, to kind of give it an equivalence in American terms, it's kind of like a county. So it's like the biggest county in the whole province of San Juan, right, that covers, you know, tons of people. We went there and signed an agreement. Um, and so we're hoping soon to maybe get an agreement with the whole province of San Juan. Um, but it was great. Uh, and so when we were down there, we signed it, um, which was a huge leap forward. We're being recognized by the province itself that we're doing an incredibly important job. Um, you know, Crisair itself has a lot of convenios in other provinces, but never actually in San Juan, which is actually interesting because that was our home base. Yeah. Uh -huh. you know? yeah. Um, but, you know, we, we had signed these agreements in Salta, Nauquén, where we are, Rio Negro. So, um, yeah, that was that was a really exciting part of the trip. Um, and then we went back to Via Navidad, mm -hmm. our first our first community community locale that we were mm -hmm. with. And we went to Quinto Cordel and Valle Grande. Mm -hmm. what, what, what were some of your well, experiences, thoughts? Yeah, down there, they celebrate this holiday called Dia de los Niños, Day of the Kids. And it's a big holiday. So we went first to Via Navidad. And they had like a moon bounce set up there, a singer. We, we brought like this cake, yeah, gave them hot this, chocolate. And this is part of our partnership. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say that. With the county. Yeah. That, mm -hmm. that, that facilitated that. I mean, we did not pay for a moon bounce. Mm -hmm. we, like the county brought it yeah. because they heard we were going down mm -hmm. and wanted to kind of show that, that, that camaraderie between the two, right? So mm -hmm. we're there. We got a local Argentine MC, you know, mm -hmm. pumping up the kids. Yep. Yeah. Hen Henry took a shot at becoming an MC. How did that go? Yeah, it was good. I uh, ran the raffle. You know, we, we we had gotten a bunch of toys for the kids and ran a raffle. It was a lot of fun. Uh, like Joey said, we brought a lot of food, had that set up. Uh, yeah, he was in charge of uh, serving the hot chocolate to all the kids, which was a big hit. Mm -hmm. And uh, We also yeah. had like a thrift shop going where mm -hmm. we brought out clothes and they'd have to pay like it's like a penny for like a shirt right it's not yeah i mean like well, 10 pesos or something yeah like that. 10 pesos 10 pesos but like, yeah, but like, yeah that was cool too yeah yeah it was you know and just being with the kids yeah. again just really we, we stuck, stuck to our roots did the yeah. clothes thing hang out with the kids i know christian played a lot of soccer with them they always love doing that and just seeing how much these kids have grown like we were there 2016 and like seeing the same people and how old they are really puts into perspective like the longevity time keeps on moving and that oh, yeah. was really that stood yeah. out to me and to see them and you know they're doing good and it's, it's really and like you hear oh where is this person oh he moved out it's like mm -hmm. oh great that was awesome. Yeah, they still have a you know, horse and buggy. Yeah. Still still moving through Via Navidad. Mm -hmm. uh, it's classic. It's like a time warp. You're like, yeah. well, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> Very yeah. different. But yeah, they, that's why we love it. It's yeah. a really awesome place. And oh, yeah, they had updated the mural on the church oh, yeah. that we had initially had painted. So mm -hmm. that, that was really cool to see also. Yeah. You know, because like a lot of places you go and they look really run down. But to see like fresh paint is always a good sign because, yeah. you know, that means people care. Yeah, and, and, and what was even more awesome was all of that, that event, was on the concrete court that we built. Yep. Like, 
mm-hmm. and it, it's cool to to see and understand like how all those things come together right like the chapel's rebuilt right it's a place indoors right uh the basketball court's out there right now the children are running around in rocks and dirt and whatever they're running around on you know a concrete slab that offers you know like a better place to be right mm-hmm. and then i don't think they could have probably put that moon bounce down on, on no. the rock yeah so it would have been, been yeah. difficult yeah. yeah yeah so like that was, it was kind of perfect yeah yeah I and mean, you have all the moms looking at the kids having a great time mm-hmm. yeah they're jumping in getting some food hot chocolate right yeah i mean getting shopping right getting clothing for their children so that was awesome being navi dad and it's always it's always very impactful going back there and then then we went to Valle Grande and Quinto Cordel, mm-hmm. and we yep. saw the the program that you know we're fully committed to right now, um, which is the you know the we're now merging it in with Crescer Basket, so it's now known as Crescer Basket Program, um, which is essentially us joining together, uh, you know, the basketball component with with these after with teaching virtues through basketball and whatnot, right? With after school programs, so. We've been really excited about it, um, and it was great to just kind of see it up close. We, for the Dia del Nino, also went over to uh, Quinto Cuartel mm-hmm. in the club that we are kind of uh, that allows us to set up all the basketball. We met all the trainers, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, you know, got a good feeling of how the kids are progressing, mm-hmm. um, and you know, they're telling us incredible things about how like the children are moving, getting better at things, right? Um, and yeah, what what would you guys think? Yeah, and there I want to add after it was after everything they had an asada for us, fed us some choripan, which was pretty fire. I think we actually provided that. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. oh well, we brought it, but they cooked it. <laughs> yeah, they cooked yeah, they, it. They cooked it. It was really good. Um, some good cooks down there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they also had a workshop for the parents while the kids were doing the basketball outside with us and the coaches. Yeah, so we had uh, you know a psychiatrist come in right the parents were put as put aside in a room and kind of talk to them just about basic things as a parent that are necessary for the development of children right uh you know not physically abusing children these things right uh things that i think sometimes we take for granted up here in the states um but it's important and and some things that aren't told to them or maybe they hear about it but they've never heard a good argument why like Mm -hmm. a convincing argument Mm -hmm. so that's why i think it's really important um and so that's kind of a part where we educate the parents right we were always educating the parents in nutrition educating them on um you know on best practices in the house right but and yeah we're, we're continuing that and now you know we also met with the the tutor that's now helping the kids this was great to meet her in person after all these years uh, and we're really excited. She's now working, going to be on calls with kids, so kind of working remote with the children, and essentially kind of the children send them the homework. She gets reports from the teachers on how they're doing. They're taking tests to evaluate where they are each year to see their progress grow, right? And then she comes in once a year, uh, or no, not once a year, once a month to actually be have that one-on-one time um, just because these, these communities are kind of far apart. Um, but it was great to kind of have that introduction, that meeting, to go through a little bit more of the program, make sure you know there are no holes in it, and making sure that the children 
are really getting that help that they need to finally go to college. Um, and so we're, we're focusing mainly on two things, which is math and they call it motricidad fina, which is essentially like writing, uh, your ability like to read and write literatura mm -hmm. and whatnot. So, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, we're actually, we have a program in development, an app that will, the kids can get assignments and take tests through. And I think they're going to take a baseline test first and then we'll be, the teachers will be able to track and monitor um, their progress and really uh, help point out where kids need help in certain areas, you know, because everyone is different and they excel at different things. And this app will help with that remote aspect that they don't actually need to have someone there on call, but they have access to this platform where they can get all of those things, you know. And in this era, post-COVID, we, you know, people have really been capitalizing. And I think that really helps a lot of people who, you know, or can't really travel that much or for certain reasons, you know, it's in the comfort of your home and you can do it there. And that that's, that's right on. And, and I think that that's, is, you know, for all the terror that COVID brought, one of the great things is that it brought in remote learning, like as a thing, right? All these kids had to do remote learning. There, someone in their house usually has a phone, a smartphone. Mm -hmm. um, and so they just use the smartphone, connect one hour through the app quick quickly go through it go through the homework good to go and the kids ready and so this way it gives us much more reach than ever before with so many more kids right um and and what was really interesting to me was also seeing this from like the athletic and values perspective right one thing that i just found so unique was talking to the coaches and like you know, one guy, I think his name was Sergio, you know, was, was just telling me like, yeah, I mean, these kids coming in, you know, I think he used to play professionally. Um, he told me, you know, the kids going in aren't the best, right? These kids haven't played basketball before. It's just newly, newly entered into it. But he said, there is a hunger to play basketball among these kids because they didn't come because their parents, you know, brought them, forced them to come. No, no, no. They came because they want to play basketball. And so, I mean, he looks at it and is like, these kids, I think, will be really good in the future. And, and I think cultivating that hunger, that ambition to go forward and, and to become the best at something is a really important value. That, mm -hmm. that kind of spoke to me when I was down there and, and really made me realize, like, Du like double down on like the value of the basketball component, right? Yeah. Not only as an introduction, but as a path to development. Mm -hmm. right? Adding on to that, um, we were at one clinic and some kid came up to me, he must have been like 10 years old. He said, Joey, what, I want to play professional basketball. What drills do I need to do in order to be there? And I gave him some tips and then I pointed him towards Nick who actually plays professional basketball in Europe. So yeah, that eagerness, hunger, thirst is there. Yeah, I don't know if you're the you're the best play person to yeah. go to, to get advice <laughs> yeah. to play professional basketball. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I pointed him to in, in yeah. Nick's direction. Yeah. No, and I was I was running the uh, conditioning. I'm not so much of a basketball player myself. I mean, I love the sport, huge NBA fan, um, but never really uh, played in high school or anything like that. But I was, you know, I, I played other sports, so conditioning is something I'm good at. And, you know, usually it's always conditioning, um, you know, that sucks. Like, it's not fun. 
But the kids did not complain at all. And I know in just being in school, it was always constantly kids always complaining about how much they run, hate running suicides and everything. And they really, they really took it and were, oh, what's the next thing? Let's go. And, you know, it was, I was, I was really happy to work with them. And, and this guy was not going light on conditioning. Just as a heads yeah, up, yeah. I would look over at, from my station. I think I was helping them with layups. And I just see kids on the floor. <laughs> and that's amazing that they even complained. Yeah. They just collapsed. You know? yeah. uh, so that, no, 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 that's, that's incredible. But yeah, I mean, basically for our trip in summary was us going down, connecting them together, seeing the opportunities for our growth in Patagonia. We're really, really looking to expand and reinforcing what we have in San Juan. And so I think right now, you know, as we, we came back, you know, it's been a few months. Well, no, it's not been a few months. It's been one month, it's been one right? Month, yeah. We're, we've been reflecting a lot on, okay, like how do we keep adding on and making the processes better, right? Because this is constantly what we're trying to do, like improve, 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 make it more efficient. Um, and so, yeah, we're going back down in December to this new community down in Patagonia. And yeah, we're, we're now looking forward towards fundraising sometime next year hopefully and yeah it's just been it's been a crazy kind of experience and for our part right we mainly work on the content side you know we do design a lot of the programs educationally we're adding now a moral component to the Chris Air basket right so we have the education side right we're helping them educationally we have the parents development right teaching best practices to be a best parent right because we believe that it all starts at the family level yep success yep we got the athletic and kind of development of how do you say virtue maybe mm -hmm. or yeah social virtue right and now we we're also adding a pro component now to the individual virtue where we're, we're trying to bring in community leaders to come in give talks to kids once every two weeks, once every month, right? Because for the kids to be a part of the basketball program, they have to perform well educationally, right? Mm -hmm. And then the parents have to be a part of it. And the parents want to see the kids be happy, so they show up. And then now we have the moral kind of individual virtues, and we're bringing, yeah, community leaders, priests that come in, give talks. What's the way forward? What are the things that we need to do as kids to, you know, improve right like on that individual side because it's not only how well you work together in a team right you also have to have that interior strength you know to 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 take the world on your shoulders whatnot and, and go forward right mm -hmm. yeah yeah and i look forward in the future to be working more in harmony with crescer basket because in the beginning like they were doing their own thing we were doing our thing but now like the marriage of us is going to be very exciting because they're already well established have great connects in the community so i think we'll be able to impact more people there yeah, yeah. and and then the expansion i don't think it's only stopping in in patagonia i mean we're, we're also looking now at buenos aires uh you know and potentially outside of argentina you know so the program the program's looking to go now international twice you know because mm -hmm. yeah know, it actually is an international yeah, organization yeah. but multi not just yeah. an argentine thing but multiple different countries so yeah, and we had the you know idea uh, this whole year kind of we'd been prepped that we are going to now fall under the umbrella of the foundation and being down there really helped us put that into perspective 
and not only see how the foundation runs on that side of Crosshair Basket in Patagonia, but where we will be most effective bringing our traits and skills to help there because obviously they have the basketball down and we can also help with that, which is great. But, you know, there's there's always room to add, you know, and kind of bring this complete package to not only just the kids, like Felipe said, the parents, which is a huge pillar if this is going to be a successful program. Yeah, and I, and I think not only that, like where we excel, it makes our program better, having mm-hmm. Crescer Basket there and adding to it. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's just proof. Like, yeah. The proof is in the pudding in a sense of like, you see the kids, they're interacting better, they socialize better when they're, you know, put in this situation where they can excel, right? Like when you think of what basketball is and you extrapolate that into life, right? Like basketball is a sport with a bunch of rules and you have to follow them if you want to succeed, right? Life is the same way in many ways. Like society sets upon us many rules, laws, things like that, social norms. And like you have to have the discipline to be a part of it uh, and follow them. And if you do it correctly, then you will excel. And so and have human flourishing. So that's kind of what we're, that kind of practice, you kind of see underlying in basketball and you, you see translate out into the into the real world now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now that we're back here in the US, we now have our uh, scholarship winner, Drazen, back in his second season here. And so it's been a bit of a change. You know, now we're working with him, kind of mentoring him with, with all those programs. And he is just like, you can tell ready to go this year. I mean, he mm-hmm. is locked and loaded, ready. We were had a few activities with him uh, this past month, and look forward to you know watching a few games now. You know, look to take him a few museums, mm-hmm. keep our mentoring path with him, and it's been incredible. It's been a blessing working with that kid. So mm-hmm. yeah. If you could sum up the trip in three words, what would it be? Oof. Uh. Hmm. Three words. Or one word. There was definitely exhaustion, but not like in the bad way. But it was that we were really waking up early and going to work. And it was, you know, from the morning till midnight, we were on the clock and giving it our all. So kind of exhaustion in a good way. I would say that because, you know, obviously you do feel very tired, but I thought it was really awesome to have that opportunity to be part of that. I think the way I would put it, maybe I would rephrase that for me is I think I learned uh, that to make this work requires persistence I personally, from the trip, was thankful, like thankful that I was found in this place and such a privileged position uh, to like see this, to be part of these communities with these kids. And I think the third kind of thing that comes to mind is excited about the future, because I think these kids are really going to excel. And, you know, our job now is, is to make sure that we have the material resources to keep this wonderful project going. And growing it long term and making it something that's known in the community of of people working on nonprofits of like, how do we improve impoverished communities? Well, this is one way. And this is a way that works. So excited. Yeah. Glad nice. you, Joey. 
Well, you kind of took the words out of my mouth. How could I follow up the, that profound <laughs> speech? Um, well, shoot. Let's see it. Let me think. Um, I'd say in three words, excited and grateful. Mm-hmm. Or grateful, blessed. You can sort of imp- interchange that because first time going back in three years after COVID, before we were, we went down, we talked about it on the last podcast how we were nervous, didn't know the state of Argentina going through COVID, but just blessed to see that it's still it's same, happy, excited, everyone's the same. So, yeah, yeah, it really yeah, it felt like we hadn't skipped the beat. We were yep. right back into it, and not only and and it felt different this time uh, because under the foundation or working in partnership with the foundation, uh, it just opened up so many channels for us to really explore and help. Yeah, and that's so well said. And so now I think we're going to wrap it up right here. Can't wait to be with you guys again next time around. And stay tuned to all of our updates on Instagram. You can follow us at Aid to Argentina on Instagram. Uh, if you want to look up all the projects that we're doing, you can look up CresserFoundation.org. Mm-hmm. And if I think also now Crescer does have their own Instagram, which is... They have an Instagram. Mm-hmm. It's Fundacion Crescer mm-hmm. on Instagram. Yeah. Um, we'll have them tagged in our bio on A to A. And they also have a YouTube channel, which kind of has like a vlog style videos of the clinics that they were running, which are really great. I'd highly suggest checking those out. And we're going to add ours in our Instagram, a lot of stuff. We're finally getting through, uh, getting back and unpacking everything that we uh, brought back. And yeah, we're excited to share that with you guys. All right. That's Thank a wrap. All right. From Felipe Segura. Henry Mazariegos. Joey Friddle. We will see you next time. God bless.